Hello, everyone. After beginning 2020 with our vision and values, it is really important that we are a healthy church. Our new series, Wholeness, is designed to help us all reach our full potential and be productive in our lives. Well-being, of course, is a popular concept today as our world becomes increasingly complex and our lives busy. I recently read this headline in a daily paper, Prince's project to get fans chatting before games to boost their well-being. Prince William has suggested delaying kickoff times for football matches by one minute to encourage conversations. This is to tackle mental health issues. And certainly, talking to one another is very important. In the same newspaper, an advert read, Lose weight and live well. There is a growing interest in good eating and regular exercise. We here at Alive believe that the Bible is a source of health and well-being and is filled with advice on wise living. The Bible teaches a holistic approach and in this series we will look at the unity between physical, emotional and relational health. In his ministry, Jesus didn't just deal with people's physical sickness but address the spiritual issues also. He would say, for instance, your sins are forgiven. And he would say, be made whole. At 3 John verse 2 says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I really believe this series will be a help and a real encouragement to all of us. Remember... Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have a great, great day. Thank you, Stuart. Right, let's have a nice warm welcome for Howard as he comes up. Not Howard, sorry, Mark. <laughs> for Mark as he comes up. See, I told you I was nervous. I'm always nervous. <laughs> yeah, I love that. When, when, when I get back to Lincoln, it's the first thing I'm going to tell Howard. I go, mate, I've lost, I've lost 20 years of my life. I can play a number of musical instruments where N is a very large number. I can sing. Oh, thank you. So it's, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, we love you loads. Um, and thank you so much for your gifts this morning. Uh, believe me, it's so appreciated. And, uh, you know, while this is a, a movement in a season of our life, there are times in life where you have to come and you have to make uh, decisions. And so we've come, we've made our decision that uh, this is the time for us to step down as associate pastors of, of Alive. We're going to take a six-month period to visit churches we've never been able to visit in our lives. Because when you're in the ministry, of course, you're fully occupied at weekends and Sundays. And while we've been to midweek conferences and, and one-offs during the week, we've never actually been able to visit a lot of the, the churches in our nation where we have friends who are ministers and, and pastors, but we've never been able to visit them and have Sunday lunch with them and stuff like that. So we're going to do that for six months and then see what God opens for, for, for the rest of our life. So, so that's brilliant. And, of course, we've got our celebration service, which uh, you all are invited to. Uh, this is on, on the 8th of February, and we've timed it between 5 and 6 to facilitate people traveling and also with, with, with kids, so that's really good. So, 
It's my privilege to kick off this series on wholeness. And this is a, a mindset that is required for every individual. I was speaking to a gentleman in consultation. As you know, part of my week, uh, I work as a prescribing pharmacist, so I run my own clinics. And uh, there's a gentleman came in, and he was speaking with me. First time I'd met him. And uh, he's got a bad lung condition. He's, he's got really, really quite a, a complex uh, art issue uh, going on, which he has a lot of medication for. Uh, but he's massively overweight, so he came and sat on two chairs. No, he sat on one, actually. But uh, he, he came into the consulting room, and professionally, of course, you, you're having a chat with this guy about how, how his uh, lung capacity is and all of these things. Has he packed in smoking yet? Which he assured me that he had. And, and, and then I said, you, you do realize that you are carrying the majority of your problem, don't you? And he looked at me as though I was a nutter. And uh, I said, look, the thing about it is, you, you are carrying so much weight. It's a problem for a body of your stature to actually carry this bulk around. And it affects your breathing and it affects your heart, you see. So I said, uh, oh, I said, no, I said, uh, I'm not paying out for these shakes and, and stuff like that. He said, no, I can't afford all that stuff. So I said, well, look, do me a favor. Would you just get up and go and stand at that door? So he started looking at me really strange at that point. So, but he did. He, he got up out of the chair and stood at the door with his back to the door. So I said to him, I said, uh, Nan, tell me, are you putting on weight now? And he looked at me. I, he said, well, of course not. So I said, why? He said, because I'm not eating. I said, that's your answer. <laughs> we can only put on weight when we put something in our mouths and digest it. And people are paying an arm and a leg for dietary products. But if they controlled what they eat, that's the answer. I met somebody who's paying £40 a month to be in a gym. Direct debit. They was very pleased. He said, the cost is spread over the year. I said, £40 a month? And he said, yeah. I said, that's £480 a year. Different look on the face at that point. I said, why don't you go for a walk? <laughs> Do you know, this is a scientific fact, walking is the best cardiovascular exercise you can do. It's great for your, for your joints. It's great for your muscles. You're not putting any compact injuries into your heels as people are running around. number of people I meet in pain clinic who were in their early 40s, who were starting with joint issues. And I say to them, okay, uh, do you do any regular exercise? Oh, yes, I, I do 5K a day. I said, that's your problem, pack it in. <laughs> they, they, these are just simple. Look, this is health stuff, folks. These are just simple statements of fact. There are times for us to run, but we're not designed to run 5K every day. Period. And particularly if we're just in plimsolls and are not decent trainers. And th these are facts of life. So, so at the start of this year, I want to encourage you, don't think alive we're looking to have your whole healthy, healthy types. It would be nice to see that. But we're looking at wholeness. We want people to be whole and happy. Have you ever met anybody who, because they've missed a day at the gym, they're really down? Oh, 
Oh, they really? Oh, I must have dated you. Oh, it's not the same. Not the same, really. That's sad. But of course, as we exercise to the excess, we are releasing within our body chemicals which hype us up. They put us on the edge and give us a high. And this is where, so we, we've got to look at a balance in life. And I'm here today to, to kickstart this wholeness and say, look, first of all, wholeness is a mindset. We decide what we do and what we don't do. We decide what we eat and what we don't eat. We decide what we drink and what we don't drink. We decide what we read and what we don't read. We decide when we pray or when we don't pray. We decide when we read God's word or don't read God's word. And so for the wholeness, it's all aspects of spirit, soul, and body. Physical wholeness, spiritual wholeness, emotional wholeness, relational wholeness. And Stuart there on on the DVD quoted this where, where John wrote to Gaius. And he wrote this, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Alive leadership want you all to feel whole and well. Spirit, soul, and body. We can concentrate on the spirit and forget about our body and our soul. We are missing out on life. We can concentrate on our soul and miss out on our body and the spirit. We are missing out on life. God has created us spirit, soul, and body. But the decision is ours to what we do about it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, Paul writes there, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God designed us to be healthy, spirit, soul, and body. God made us in his image. He made us as he wanted us to be. He made us as a balanced unit. That whole sense of getting up in the morning and feeling there's a day to be lived, not to be endured. Uh, Designed us so that when we put our head on our pillow at night, we have a good night's sleep because we have had a fulfilled day. Wholeness, then, is a biblical concept. There's a word in, that we read in the Bible called shalom. Now then, uh, popular culture pushing us, uh, pushes us to push ourselves to the excess to uh, achieve well-being and to achieve good things in life. Study harder, 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 and you will achieve. Exercise, 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 exercise. You will be more healthy. Uh, eat well, eat well. Have you seen these boxes now that you can get advertised on the telly? You, you don't have to go shopping now. You, you can pay your, your subscriptions and a brown box turns up every other day with the food portions all out for you and everything. All you have to do is cook it. What? What, what are we on? <laughs> We've we, we now got people making millions of pounds... By telling us what we will eat on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and what have you. And, and people are buying into it big time. It could just be that this series on wholeness will somehow quicken us in our body, soul and spirit to look afresh at our lives. Whilst we have got breath, we have got a life to live. Can I say that again? Whilst we have got breath, 
We have got a life to live. And it's God's purpose for us in our lives that we do get the most out of life. That we do feel fulfilled within our life. But ultimately, in looking at spirit, soul and body, we have to live the life that God wants us to live. The Christian term for that is holy. Being holy. Then being holy is not just coming into a church and looking at a cross and sitting down or kneeling down. Being holy is a lifestyle. It's something, again, which is a mindset decision that we take upon ourselves as Christians to determine that we will live our lives holy unto God. Then is that complex? No. I may be very simplistic in my faith, but when I was, when I was a child, I was brought up in a home where I, I was told, now then, Mark, wherever you go and whatever you do, God sees it. Whatever words you say, God hears it. Whatever actions you do, God sees it. And you know, that has been a focus for me in my life. That there's been times where I really wanted to smack somebody and have resisted because God was watching. <laughs> I've got to be perfectly honest, you know, I wouldn't be a good pastor if it wasn't. There's been times where I have smacked some people and I've had to repent. But, but, but in, in the main, the, the, the thing about it is, we, we've got to live our lives before God, accountable to God for what's going on. And I, I, I don't have a fear of the day I stand before God, but I have a phenomenal respect for when that time comes. I don't want anybody on this planet to say, I'm in this poor position I am because I've met Mark Hunt. I don't want anybody to be on this planet living in fear because they've met Mark Hutton or, or, or living in a place where their life is a complete mess because they have met Mark Hutton. I want them to be in a place where because they've met Mark Hutton, their life somehow has been blessed. This is what being wholesome is about and knowing this whole area of wholeness before God. The Oxford Dictionary defines wholeness as the state of being comfortable, healthy, and happy. If we want to be a bit more medical, and we take a quote from psychology today, we read wholeness is the experience of health, happiness, and prosperity. Put the money in there as well, you see. It includes having good mental health, totally, totally vital, high life satisfaction, and a sense of meaning or purpose. More generally, well-being is feeling well. Do you feel well today? Good. Glad for that public statement of faith. But you see, the reality is, we need to have that mindset of saying, God, as I walk through life, which isn't easy, I'm not here to say life is easy, life is tough cheese so often. But the fact about it is, as life is tough cheese, with God with us, what can stand against us? With God with us, what has the right to rob us of our sleep? It's interesting this week, I know, I don't know if you've read in the paper, in America, there, there's, there's a lot of research going on in the use of what we call opioids. 
for pain relief. Now then, this is nothing new. I mean, I've been in pain management for 20 odd years. It was all going then, and even my training as a pharmacist, there's nothing new about that at all. But somehow the journalists have got on the bandwagon and thought, oh, this is some big cheese that we can really go into. Well, the fact about it is, when you look at pain management, and when I see patients so often, one of the first things I, I ask, and I actually do an assessment with them in, in the first consultation, I check out their anxiety and depression rates. Because it's a fact, it's a scientific fact, if you can reduce anxiety, if you can reduce depression, you will reduce pain. If people could be in a place where they've got a peace of mind, where they feel more at ease within themselves, all aspects of their body becomes more at peace with itself. Pain levels. I've seen, I've seen people with pain levels 10 plus. When we say 10 plus, it means it's off the scale. And they've come in and we, we've looked at depression and started to uh, refer them and signpost them to the relevant health professionals to see their depression dealt with and their pain levels are more than halved. Seen people with anxiety just permanently in that state of unrest when they wake up in the morning, when they go to sleep at night, if they can get to sleep. And seeing once the anxiety is, is addressed, their well-being gets better. Now then, we are fortunate in the church in that we have the, the best physician that ever existed. We, we've got the physician that knows every intimate cell within our body because he created us. And if we can have a mindset of wholeness, spirit, soul, and body, we cannot fail than to be benefited by that. And this is what, as I'm introducing this series, I want us to please get a hold of this morning. We, we, we have a greater level of control of who and what we are than so often we realize. We make decisions. Like that gentleman, he stood by the door and I said, can you put weight on? No. Why? Because I'm not eating precisely. It's the same with, with drink and all of those sort of things. We make the decisions in life. So point number one, we need to follow the best directions. When it comes to our journey of increasing well-being, it's critical that we find and follow the best directions. Now then, part of my job, I have to read research papers. I have to go through them thoroughly and analyze them and see what can be drawn out of these papers. These are phenomenally intelligent people that put these, these papers together. They're academics of the nth degree. And uh, they work hard, got, hold your hand up to that, to draw the best research in order to put these papers together for the well-being of people with health needs. And, you know, as you, as you go through these papers, you, you find so often that you, you'll have Professor, Professor Tom, shall I say, and you'll read his paper, and then you'll read Professor Mary, and you'll read her paper, and then you'll read Professor David, and you'll read his paper. And all three papers are different. It could be the same medical condition, but three academics who supposedly are working with the same... Look, look. 
We, we've only got a body, haven't we? We've got blood. We, we breathe in oxygen. We've got... It's, it's a singular unit. It's called a body. And yet these three academics, because maybe of their slanting research, for a particular condition, say it's chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, big word for bad lung condition, they, they, they will put their points of view on this, that a certain level of exercises is really good. And yet Professor David is going, no, 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 no. We, 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 we must get the cellular structure within the lungs. Now, that's our prime concern to go on that. And, you know, if, if you read all these papers and tried to, it would be impossible to apply them all. So what am I saying by this? You read the papers, you get your knowledge. But to each individual, you've got to apply that knowledge for the best effect. We are all unique. God has created us as individuals. Isn't there something great about that? Aren't you pleased you're not me? Don't need to say yes. Don't need to say yes. But, I mean, the, the, the fact about it is we, we're all different. That's how God has created us to be. And, you know, the whole aspect of wholeness, spirit, soul, and body is that God cares about He loves us. He loves us so much he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to come and die to pay the price for our sins. But it's the mindset of saying, God, I will accept your way for my life so that I can be part of the corporate body called the church and see my life benefited as well as the lives of others. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine if the church in our nation woke up with that mindset every day? Does that excite you? It excites me. I'm a man of hope. It could happen. It doesn't happen. We, we've seen that very sadly, and I'm going to say no more about it, but here in Wyndham at this point in time at the Abbey. It's national press. It shouldn't be. Should not be. Should not be. Should not be. But we want God's blessing upon lives and peace to come. But for us as individuals, we, we can live in that wholeness given by God. Spirit, soul, and body if we will allow him. There's a beautiful word called shalom. Now, in rightly so, that word so often is looked upon as a, a word of, of peace. It means uh, shalom to you, peace to you. It actually means more than that. When you look at uh, um, the, the Jewish scholars, they, they will break the word shalom down to mean the following. It speaks of peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, Prosperity, welfare, tranquility. It can be used to say hello, can be used to say goodbye. So when you say to somebody, shalom, Barbara, you're blessing them with a whole gannet of blessings, not just peace. I want you to be well in your life. I want you to be healthy, to prosper, to have a happy life, for your family to be blessed, for your home to be blessed. For you to live in safety, for you to live in security. And it all comes from one word, shalom. Maybe we should start saying that more frequently, rather than God bless you, shalom. I want you to be richly blessed. You come on a Sunday morning, 
to a live church in Wyndham. And you go home with something of a seed of that blessing in your life. That when you're having your Sunday lunch, you know that shalom is apportioned to you. Secondly, we need to seek expertise. Our journey towards wholeness and well-being starts and ends with God. You know, we know the saying, we come into the world with nothing, we go out with nothing. I understand that. But for me, I came into the world with nothing. But I go out of this world with Jesus. Hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying? Can I ask again? Do you hear what I'm saying? This is the relationship that is so special, so critical to life, so enduring, so purposeful, so inspiring that each of us are equal because we are valued with the life of Jesus Christ, but also each of us are blessed by that relationship with Jesus. My dad used to kiss his Bible. Folks used to think it rather strange for a pastor to kiss his Bible. But he did that because he appreciated what his Bible meant to him. It was so precious. I can remember, remember those days quite, quite well. And, uh, you know, sometimes there was a smile. Sometimes people laughed at him. But it didn't make any difference to my dad. His respect for the word of God was total. How is our respect for God this morning? When we wake up, do we say, God, thank you for a new day. Thank you for life. And Holy Spirit, would you come and just help me today? Makes all the difference. You know, I'm not repeating myself, but I can't help it because I'm full of it. It's knocking on for seven years now since I asked the Holy Spirit to be with me out of church life. I love you all. I love you all. Love the ministry. But, you know... I was sat, and I can show this seat in a live Lincoln one Sunday morning when I was deeply challenged in my life. And I said, God, if this is it, it's just not enough. Great worship, a great preach was going to be coming because it wasn't me preaching, it was somebody else. But as I, as I sat there, tears started flowing down my cheeks because I said, God, if, if, if this is what church life is all about, it is not enough. It is not enough. It's brilliant, it's fantastic, it ticked all the boxes, but it wasn't ticking my life. But I said, Holy Spirit, please, would you start to be with me more outside of the church doors? And you know, in, in that period of time, probably one day books will come out of it, I don't know, I'm not really a writer. Last week a man came in. Consultation. You can't. You, you don't talk about your faith in consultations. NHS don't like that. Although saying that, uh, we have a term called holistic. Have you heard that term? Holistic. So um, years ago now, I was involved in writing the pain management program for a health authority, and uh, it all came. It all came to the final meeting to approve it. And they was looking through it, and I just said, oh, I've got a question about this. 
So they're all, yeah, let's listen to Mark, you know, let's listen to Mark. And uh, I said, uh, we're writing this holistically, aren't we? Oh, yes, 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 holistically. I said, but we're not. So the chairman said, what do you mean we're not? So I said, well, holistically, spirit, soul, and body, do we all agree? Yes, yes, yes. But there's no spirituality in this pain management. Oh. Would you go and write a section for that then? I will. <laughs> I would love to. What an honor, what a privilege. Thank you, God. And you know, in, the, in that time, in that particular health authority or where I was working, patients could look at spirituality as an aspect of, of their care. And because of spirituality, I was in a position where I could pray with them. Now then, that's aside from Let me get back to my point. We can all ask the Holy Spirit to be with us more intimately outside the church doors. Can I recommend that? Brilliant. Totally amazing. Last week, man came in. Chest infection. So I do all the professional bit. Sort him out. Listen to his lungs. Oxygen carrying capacity. Do, do all the thing and that. So sort him out his prescription. And then just before he gets there, I said, is there anything else? And he looked at me and said, I've just left my wife. What's that got to do with your jolly lungs? Looked at me. Just left my wife. So I said, why? So he said, well, I fancy this other woman. So I said, when did this take place? He said, last week. So I said, right, our consultation is finished now. I said, can I talk to you as a friend? So he said, yeah. I said, you leave here. You go and get on the phone and tell your wife you're really sorry because you've really cocked up in life. Tell her that you've done a stupid thing. And when did you fall in love? He said, when we were 16. This was a guy early 50s. I said, have you got any family? He said, I've got four kids. He said, they're broken hearted. So I said, well, you're the reason for that. So at this point, this big bloke, builder, muscles in his spit, starts crying. So it wasn't me. The Holy Spirit just touching this guy's life. Not laid a hand on him and just sings him. I said, you, you've got to do this. I said, phone this lady up that you've been going around with, apologize to her that you've messed around with her life, that you made the biggest mistake in your life, and then go back to your wife and tell her. So he goes, you are absolutely right. He said, can I shake your hands? I said, yeah, he was a builder. I'm glad he didn't want to hug me. But I mean, he, uh, he nearly broke every bone in me, hand. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And then he went, why am I saying that? If he hadn't met a bloke called Mark Hutton, if he hadn't met a bloke called Mark Hutton, he couldn't have been given the, device, the advice to put his life back in order. Do you know, every one of us in this venue this morning, can be, nothing special about me at all. I'm just a willing heart to serve God. Every one of us in this room this morning, you, you, you could be the answer to so many people's situations and issues if you just say, Holy Spirit, would you just, will you just give me the nudge? Imagine what it's like, Barbara. You're there in consultation and the knock on the door and a person walks through the door and starts crying immediately. What? Sobbing her hearts out. And never, I've never even said hello. And they walk through, look at me and start sobbing. I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. They come for something completely different. I don't know why I'm crying. It's the Holy Spirit touching the lives. Look, 
the salvation in the house. I love it when people come to faith. I've seen people in the last hours of their life come to know Jesus. I've seen families restored, relationships restored. I've seen people who can't conceive having a baby. Hey, come on. This is big stuff. I've seen people who are struggling with finances in their life know the blessing of God to put food on the table. And this is only because there's a bloke called Mark Hutton who seven years ago sat in church said, if this is it, it's not enough. I need more. Do you need more this morning? That's the, that's the question. This wholesomeness, this looking spirit, soul and body, this application of God, uh, God's blessing upon our lives into the lives of others makes all the difference. Listen to this. Rick Warren said this. You were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. Sounds a bit offensive when you first read that, but it's great words. Let me say it again. Is it come up on here? You might do. You were made by God and for God. Until you understand that, life will never make sense. The Lord is peace. The Lord is shalom. The psalmist wrote, you know me inside and out. The greatest expert is God. I remember on our wedding day, standing before my dad, who was marrying us, apart from all the advice he gave Hazel of how to control me. No, no, no. <laughs> Being married by your dad is, is amazing in one way, but puts the wind up, yeah, the other. Because my dad, you know, he was... But he gave this bit of advice. He said, look, Mark and Hazel, in your marriage, take advice from everybody you can, but take your orders from God. Hey, and please, God, we've, we've used that day in and day out in our married life together and in our ministry for over 40 years. Not every day is a bowl of cherries. Not every day is a day of gloom. But in everything, whatever is coming, God is there for us. Point number three in closing. Wholesomeness. Let's travel with others. I don't mean get, get on a cruise or anything. Oh, it might be for some people. Or get on the number 15 bus to wherever. Let's travel in life. Meet and grow. Meet and learn. Meet and eat. Meet and drink. Let's travel with each other. It's called the church. This living dynamic of God's people that are there to serve. Look, in Ecclesiastes, we read this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity Anyone who falls and has no one to help them. That's true, isn't it? That is true. That is so true. Hey, listen. I was in Old Castle yesterday working in a chemist shop. I looked out the chemist shop window to a, a greasy spoon cafe uh, across the road. And this um, mobility scooter 
just came up and stopped outside the door. And then as I looked from the dispensary, this person struggled to get off this mobility scooter and then shuffle, shuffle themselves into the doorway of this greasy spoon cafe and then get them inside, get themselves inside and sit at the table by the window. I saw that. Must have taken over 10 minutes for this to take place. But you know, sometimes in life, as I looked at that, I saw that they were determined to access that cafe for the bacon butty or... I don't know what they was going to have. But, but they were determined. Even in the frailty of their life and the physical struggle that they had to get in that cafe and have the cup of tea or whatever. And I, I, was, I was so reminded of things, things in life. So you know, I believe as Christians, hear me quite clearly... We need to get determined in our faith. That person was determined to access. Some people would have said, no, you can't. You can't get in there physically. It's so hard for you. They they must have struggled to get on the mobility scooter at home and then get down to the cafe. And then I watched for 10 minutes as they got themselves inside. They were determined to get what they wanted. And so they pushed through. How determined are we as Christians to achieve the purposes of God in our life? Is it possible that I'm talking to some people this morning who who gave up on God 10 years ago, 15 years ago? They they had a passion for something in a Christian faith. They said, God, I'm I'm going to write this and I'm going to write that. And yet yet they've they've given up. Maybe this is a day of wake-up calling. This is a day of saying, look, it's not going to cost me this. I'm just going to decide. I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to strive. I'm going to be determined to get through. Anything of value is worth working for. And our wholeness in spirit, soul, and body. We've got an author on the second row here, Andy Duncan. Now then, it's been a privilege to hear this guy as he's taught me through his, his journey in writing this book. I've told him I want his first copy and it's got to be autographed. But I so admire Andy Duncan. This guy is a top radiographer in the hospital. He is of the highest excellence of, of a health professional. And then he's so active in church life, supporting people, helping each other. You see this guy in church doing all sorts of things to benefit other people. He's a fabulous dad, great family. His family are a credit to him. All of this is there. But apart from that, he said, I want to write a book. And so he's been determined to do it. And look forward soon when it's published. I'll tell you all then, you can buy the second and third copies of it. But you see, this is an example of what it's like to say, look, everything's against me. Time, my profession, my serving in the church... Time with my family. This guy achieves all that and then fulfills what he wants to do. It just is possible that there's time left for a lot of us today to fulfill what we need to do in life. So as we go into this series, let's look at the mindset. Spirit, soul, body. Wholeness is something for us. Something for us to get on with, to achieve, to be fulfilled with God is interested in every part of us body soul and spirit God has a plan for every one of us 
body, soul, and spirit. God created us as individuals, body, soul, and spirit. Alive Wyndham, let's rise up today. Let's say, come on, God, while I've got breath in my lungs, I'm going to work to achieve your purposes in my life. Do not, do not have regrets in your life. The classic for me was sitting on uh, a bedside at Sutton Hospital in Hull years ago. I'd been called out at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning to, to a lady who was passing away. And uh, she, she wasn't part of the church. She was a relative of somebody in the church. And I, I sat on the side of her bed and she got her oxygen mask on and I said, I, have, have you got any regrets? And the tears poured out of this lady who was at the point of passing away. And she said, I, I have not talked to my sister in 32 years. And then I'm saying that fluently. She struggled to get the words out. I said, how did that happen? She said, we argued over Christmas dinner. Don't live with regrets, folks. Let, let, let's draw the line. Sometimes we need to say sorry. Sometimes we need to say, I have made a mistake. I, I, I admire people who, who will stand and say, I have made a mistake. It takes a lot of bottle. But also, it takes that humbleness of self and to say sorry. It just is possible a letter needs to be written today, a telephone call needs to be made. Somebody needs to get on there and say, I just want to say sorry. Let's get together for a cup of tea and a jam scone. Don't need a jam scone. So as I've talked today, maybe you're, you're in this, this room and you haven't got that personal relationship with Jesus. I, I'm desperate for you to know Jesus. We're coming with nothing, leaving with Jesus. I want you to leave with Jesus too when the day comes. So I believe we've got a prayer that comes up on the screen, please. And uh, I, I'm going to say this prayer. I'd like you to join me in saying this prayer. And, and the fact about it is you, you may be saying this for the first time. You may be recommitting your life to God uh, again. And then at the close of our prayer time, I'm going to ask us to just close our eyes. And if you've shared that prayer with me, I just want you to put your hand up because I want to talk to you at the end of this, this meeting. So it goes like this. Already? One, two, three. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever love you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. So for all of you, I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. I so thank God for you. May the peace of God fill your life. May the blessing of God richly be upon you, body, soul, and spirit. May that sense of wholeness be a portion to you every moment of every day. May you live well, achieve much. May you sleep well and have lovely dreams. And in your life, be fulfilled until your final breath. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.